This is a little bit different than uh, most Sundays, as Josh has already mentioned. Not every week uh, do you get to hear two sermons. So if you like preaching, I hope you do. Then today's an exciting day for you. Um, But our sermons are a little bit different. So Josh's focus this morning, when he's preaching to all of us, um, his focus was to Marcus. Um, What I'm going to say here in the next few minutes is focused to to you, to us, to, uh, to the church. And, and I want to say that um, you may think that you're here this morning uh, to honor Marcus, and there's part of that that's true. You may think you're here this morning to, um, to celebrate Marcus's ordination, and, and that's also true. Um, you may think that you're kind of passive this morning as you're sitting here kind of watching what's going on, and I want to say that that's not true. I want to say that what, what you're doing here this morning is, is active, that you are involved in this service in a, in a special way, in, in a way even different than you are on most Sundays, and, and even in a, diff, in a way that's maybe more active than you are on, on most Sundays, and that's especially true um, if you are a member of, of this church, okay? And so in the next few minutes that I, that I have, um, I want to offer four things that you are doing this morning, and contrast that with four things that you're not doing this morning, and then we'll, then we'll close with a few um, exhortations or, or uh, specific charges for, for the church, for you. Um, and so I'm going to be preaching this morning from Acts chapter 13, the same passage that, uh, that Josh preached from, so there may be some, some overlap, uh, and, and that's good. I want to read the first three verses of Acts chapter 13. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and uh, Manian, a member of the court of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. The first thing that I want to tell you that you're doing this morning, whether you realize it or not, is you are perceiving but not producing. You're perceiving, but not producing. Uh, the first thing that we're told here in chapter 13 of Acts, in this, this church service that, that, that we're looking into, is there were prophets and, and there were teachers. The church had not produced those prophets. The church had not produced those teachers. No individual in the church had done so, and, and the church collectively had not, had not done so. They were just there. The church had recognized them to be that. And that's what we're doing this morning with with Marcus. We as a church, you as church members, are recognizing Marcus, perceiving Marcus to be a minister of the gospel, an elder. Over the past few years, we've we've noticed Marcus. We've, We've seen him. We've watched him. We've seen the gifting that God has given to him. And we've recognized him to be a faithful follower of Jesus. We've recognized him to be a a truthful teacher of of God's word in in, in different settings in our church. And and we've noticed him to be profitable and faithful and trustworthy in his preaching of God's word. This morning, we're we're perceiving Marcus to be all of those things. We're We're not producing those things in him, but we're recognizing those things in him. We're we're perceiving not producing. The second thing we're doing this morning is we are confirming, not creating. 
We as a church, you as church members, you are confirming Marcus, not creating. The second thing that we see happening in this church service, in verse 2, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. God calls men to be his ministers. God calls men to be his pastors. God calls men to be his servants, to be his missionaries, to be his leaders. Marcus has made it clear to us over the years and the time that he's been here, he's made it clear to us, his church, that he believes that God has called him to this ministry. And as a church, you, after watching the way that he leads his family and the way that he uh, serves his fellow church members and the after benefiting from, from the way that he handles the, the word of God, you as a church, we as a church, have come to agree with Marcus on that. Marcus believes that God is calling him to this ministry. We as a church this morning in this service right now are confirming that we also believe that God is calling Marcus into this ministry. We're not creating this call on Marcus. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. That's what God's doing. We're not calling him into the gospel ministry. We're not creating a pastor here this morning. We're not creating an elder. We're not creating a minister. We're confirming that we also believe that God has called him. We're confirming. We agree to the best of our ability, as, as much as we're able to, we are agreeing that the Holy Spirit has spoken over Marcus and has called him into the gospel ministry. We're confirming this call on Marcus. We're not creating it. We're, we're confirming it. We're perceiving him we're confirming this call. The third thing that we're doing this morning is we are, we are marking him, not making him. We're marking him, not making him. The next thing that happens in this church service in Acts 13, the second half of verse 2, it says that they, they heard the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, and here's what he said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Set these two men apart this morning, we are setting Marcus apart. Again, we're not making him a, a minister of the gospel. We're simply marking him off as such. In Antioch, the Holy Spirit instructed the church there to set apart certain men for the work for which he had called them. And that's exactly what we, as a church, are doing this morning. We're setting Marcus apart. We're marking him off as one that God has called in a few minutes, all of those in, in our church, all of those in the service here this morning who have been ordained before in the past will come forward. We're going to lay our hands on, on Marcus, and we're going to pray for him, and we're going to set him apart as a minister of the gospel. But these men are not doing this on their own authority. This morning, Josh Green has preached a sermon proclaiming these truths to Marcus. This morning, I'm preaching a sermon to us as a, as a church, but... Josh Green is not ordaining Marcus. I'm not ordaining Marcus. These, these men that are going to come up in a few minutes and lay their hands on Marcus, they're not ordaining Marcus. They're acting as representatives of our church. In fact, Marcus is going to have a, a, a certificate that will memorialize his service that he'll be given today. It'll have signatures on it. People that, that were part of his interview process back a few weeks ago will sign that. But at the bottom of that certificate, it clearly says that he has been set apart and ordained by the authority and order of the First Baptist Church of Fairdale, Kentucky. He's not being set apart. He's not being ordained on the authority of Josh Green, on the authority of me, on the authority of, uh, of anyone else. He's being 
set apart and marked off on the authority of this church, of you. This morning, you are marking him off. You are setting him apart as a minister of the gospel. You've perceived these things about him. You've com- you are confirming the, the call that he's received from God. You're marking him off as a minister of the gospel. And then finally, the fourth thing that you're doing here this morning is you are sending, you're not starting. You're sending, you're not starting. The final thing that happens in the church service here in Antioch, the last thing that they did, it says in verse 3, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. They, the church, sent Barnabas and Saul off to fulfill the calling that God had for them. That's exactly what we are doing this morning in this service. This is exactly what you were doing this morning as a member of our church. We, the members of this church, are sending Marcus and his family off to fulfill the calling that God has placed on them, to serve in Eurasia, to serve around the world, working hard for the spread of the gospel, working hard that the word of God might be understood and known in parts of the world where it's not understood or known right now. They'll be leaving in, in, in actually just a few minutes, less than an hour. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be leaving us, and they'll be heading off to Texas and then on to other parts of the world. And they're going by the authority and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're also going by the authority and then in the name of First Baptist Church Fairdale. We're sending them off as one of us to complete the calling, to fulfill the calling that God has on them. We didn't start this calling. We didn't start this mission. This is God's mission, right? We're all familiar with the Great Commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus commands his disciples and those that will follow him to continue spreading the word, to continue making disciples of all nations. Marcus and his family are continuing that. They're fulfilling that mission. And we're sending them to be a part of that. So we've perceived that Marcus is gifted and able to serve as a minister of the gospel. We're confirming that that we also believe that God has called him to be a minister of the gospel. We're marking him off and setting him apart as a minister of the gospel. And we're sending him and his family to fulfill the gospel ministry. In order to be a good and, and, and faithful church to Marcus and to his family, what ought we to do tomorrow? And what should we do next week? And what should we do next month? And what should we do next year? for Marcus and for his family. Very quickly, I want to offer three things that that we can do. There's more things that we can do, obviously, but I want to offer three things that we can do next. Three things that we can do continually from now on. The first thing that we can do is we can support Marcus and his family. We as a church, we as your church, want to support you. We as their church ought to support them. We should support them continually. And we can do that in, 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 in several ways. We should stay in touch with them, right? Today, we have things like Facebook and email and newsletters and things like that. We should stay in touch with the laymans, and, and, and we should know what's happening in their ministry. If you're not on their mailing list, then you should get on their mailing list, right? They send out an email every, I'm not sure how regular it is, but every so often they send out an email 
to the people on their mailing list. If you have email and you have access to, to those things, you should be on their mailing list so that you can keep up with what's happening in their ministry. We should encourage them. We should support them financially as we're able to do so, both as a corporate church, as we are uh, looking at, at our annual budget each year. If you happen to end up serving on our church's financial committee and, and are, are, have some influence over what our uh, annual budget is going to be, you should have that in mind that we're, as a church, want to be supporting them financially and also individually as we're, as we're able. We ought to make it a priority in our own individual family budgets to be supporting them financially. A second thing that we can do for them, that we should do for them, is we should pray for Marcus and for his family and for their ministry. As we keep up with them, as we're on their newsletter and we get that regularly and, and we keep up with, the, with what's happening and we stay aware of, of, of their needs, we should go before the throne of God on their behalf and on behalf of their, of their mission. We should pray for their family, that they would make the transition into a different culture uh, with a different language and different customs and different food and, and everything different, we should pray that their family would make a good, smooth transition. We should pray that the Lord would continue uniting them together and uniting them around him as a family. We should pray for the salvation of their, of their children as they continue to grow in the Lord. As a good, faithful church, we should pray for them. We should pray for their work, not only their family, but we should also pray for their, for their work that their financial support would come in, that, that God would be putting together a faithful team for them to serve with. We should pray that the people groups that, that they're going to be working with will be receptive to God's word as it's being completed. We should pray for their families. We should pray for their work. We should pray for them regularly. Maybe set a time each day where you're going to pray for them. Maybe set a, an alarm on your watch or your cell phone where every day the alarm goes off and it reminds you just to quickly pray for the layman's. Maybe, maybe every day is too much. Maybe choose one day each week that you're going to focus on praying for them. But we should also pray for them just as they come to mind. We should pray regularly, but we should also just pray as they come to mind. When, when you receive their newsletter and you read of things happening, we should pray for them at that time. As you're praying through our church, uh, church prayer guide that we have each week, and as you see their name there at the top of our list for missionaries, we support <coughs> As, as God's bringing them to mind in that way, you should pray for them. And then just throughout the, throughout the days, as the Holy Spirit brings Marcus and his family and their mission and their work to mind, you should pray for them. The final thing we should do, we should support them, we should pray for them, and then finally, we should follow Marcus as a minister of the gospel. This is a little bit different in this context. Normally, or, or a lot of times in, a, in an ordination service, you're ordaining a man who's going to become a pastor of that specific church, and so you're ordaining him to be your pastor, to, to, to follow him in that way. This is a little bit different because Marcus is, is not going to be around here anymore. They're, they're leaving to go fulfill the call that God has given them, but we should still continue following him as a minister of the gospel. If we're saying that we think the Lord is calling him to be a gospel minister, and we think that we're confirming that call on him, and we're marketing him off that way, then we should follow him that way. We should continue learning from him, right? Again, as you're receiving their newsletter and you're uh, reading things that, that, that he's written and things about their family and things about their ministry, we should continue learning lessons from him in his newsletter. If you do subscribe to his newsletter, um, in the email there's a link there to Marcus's website. Marcus has, has a resource website that he's put together where he regularly posts sermons and posts 
um, different articles and, and other things, and some of those are, are really academic stuff, and, and, and others are, are not so academic. We should, we should continue learning from him, even, even from, a, from a distance, as he's not here with us. And then the second way that we should follow him is, is we should put into practice the things that, that he's already taught us. We should put into practice the things that we have already learned from him. Most importantly, we should follow his example and, and that of his family. If making sure that other people have the word of God in their own language is worth Marcus and his family giving their lives for, then we should make use of the translations that we have in our own lives. If the word is that important to him, we should follow him in that, in making the word that important to us. We've perceived these things about Marcus. We're confirming the call that God has on Marcus. We're about to mark him off here in a few minutes, and we're going to send him off to he and his family to fulfill the calling God has for them. Those are things that we are doing, that you are doing as a church. We should continue supporting Marcus by supporting them, by praying for them, and by following them. I pray that God will make us faithful, uh, make us a good church to the layman family as we do that. Let's pray. Father God, we are, are thankful this morning to you that you have brought salvation to your people. God, we're thankful that you have not only brought salvation, but then you also call people out to be of, uh, of, of special service to you, of specific service to you. God, we're thankful for the calling that you have on Marcus and on the Lehman family. God, we're thankful that you have made our church a part of that. You've helped us to, to shape him in, in, in some ways, no doubt, even as he has and his family have shaped us in many ways. God, we pray for Marcus and for Rachel and for their children and, and their family as they're going out from us today. We pray for the success of their ministry. And God, I pray for us that you would help us to be a good church to them. Help us to be a faithful church to them. Help us to continue even, even forward from this day, Father. Help us to continue supporting them. Help us to remember to pray for them. And Father, help us to follow them as we're learning from from their example and from their teaching. God, we thank you for Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen.